Amen. Amen. We're going to get into the word today. Hallelujah. Last week, um, you know, I began to teach about, you know, things that people don't always. I know that there are some things in church that are really in, you know, there are things in church that make us happy. You know, like when somebody say it's your time or your season, people get really excited about that. Uh, when people hear things like discipline, obedience, people don't necessarily get as excited about that. But how many of you know if you, if you want to be able to maximize your time and your season, you better learn some discipline and some obedience? Amen for the three people who believe that's true. So <laughs> last week I used an example where I had Sparky come up, and it's funny because we went live last week, and a lot of people said that that really resonated with them. And, you know, 3 John 2 says, Beloved, above all things, I wish you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, which means that the totality of your life is always going to be based on the condition of your soul. It's not even based on whether you've accepted Jesus or not, because we all know people who've accepted Jesus and are going to heaven but live in hell. And if you don't want to be going to heaven and living in hell, you need to learn how to deal with your soul. And so I had Sparky come up, and I looked. everybody knows Sparky is fit. Looks like he should have played, been one of the warriors in Wakanda. Looks fit. And I, said, I had Sparky come up, and I said, it is the will of God that everybody be fit this time next year. Not as fit as Sparky, but fit. Whatever your version of fit is by this time next year. People clap. People say what they do in church. I believe I receive. And then I said, but I want you to understand that if you don't do anything but say you believe you receive, when you get through next year, Sparky will be fitter than he is now probably, and you're going to be worse than you were. Because I believe I receive is not an excuse not to do what God is telling us to do. And so people seem to really get that about fitness, but where people seem to really struggle to get that about is finances. Where people seem to really struggle to get that is about marriage. And I talked about how people who have good marriages, we do things that other people don't do. That's just the reality. If you have a good marriage, you do some stuff that other people don't do. It doesn't mean we're better than those people. It doesn't mean that we love God more than those people. It means that we just employ the tools. So think about it like this. Um, if you have insurance on your home and if you don't read the policy, you might not know that if you, your house is in a fire, then one of the things they'll also cover is the food that was in your refrigerator and your deep freezer that's restored. You might not know that, right? Now, it was in the contract all the time. But if you don't claim it, you don't get it. And there's so many things in the Bible that people don't claim. They don't participate. They don't activate. And then they say, why didn't this happen in my life? And so today we want to talk about something that I think will help you out. You know, this is the time of the year where I typically start saying grow up a lot. Grow up. Grow up. You know, think about it like this. Then we're going to pray and we're going to get into the word. You know, I said this last week as well. When a new baby is learning how to walk, when somebody is like one, um, 13 months, 14 months, when they take a couple of steps, we all clap, right? Yes? If you take two steps and people start clapping, we concern. We expect you to be able to walk at this point. You see what I'm saying? And so we have to get to this point where we're not, expect, we're not clapping for adults being babies. We're, that, we, that we begin to expect, just like we expect that baby when they take two steps. We expect that two steps to become four steps. We expect that four steps to be able for them to get across the room. There has to be this expectation in the body of Christ that we expect each other to grow up. Tell your neighbor, say, please grow up. 
please grow up. So we're going to pray and we're going to get into this. And I know from last week that this is pretty uncomfortable and people look at me all salty and stuff. And that's okay. We're, I still love you and you still love me and we're going to be okay. But I owe you to tell you. So we're going to talk about it. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We give you praise with much thanksgiving. We thank you that you said anytime we see here and understand that we should be converted and we would be healed. So I thank you that our eyes are open to see our ears are open to hear and our hearts are open to be converted so that we can experience healing in every area of our life that is not healed in Jesus name. Amen. So I have a title today and the title of my message today is, but did you do your part though? That's the title of my message today. But did you do your part though? Okay, I, I, I want to, I, 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 and I, I, I get it. I get it. I know this is not going to, um, Make some of you feel good, but it'll make you better if you listen to it. Okay, so let's start with Matthew 6 and 33. Matthew 6 and 33, very familiar, very familiar passage of Scripture. And, you know, if you talk back to me, we'll probably get out of here a little faster. And if not, I'll assume you don't understand, and I'll keep talking. All right, so it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Let's just start with the beginning of it. It says, Seek ye what? first. So whatever's first for you, what ought to be first? The kingdom of God, right? Not just God, because this is important, because God has a way of doing things. And what happens is, is that people go, well, you know, I love God, and so it doesn't matter how I come. That's actually not true, because God has a kingdom, and every kingdom has rules. It's just like you live in the United States of America. We drive on a certain side of the street. You can't come here from Germany or England and be like, we go drive on the other side of the street. No, you're not going to do that here because that's not what we do. You also aren't going to go there and drive the way we drive here. Every kingdom has a system of doing things. And I believe that the most that it is most difficult for Americans to understand the system of God because you live in a democracy. And in a democracy, it's all about the vote. Some of you even grew up in churches where you voted your pastor in and out. I mean, you didn't hear God. You just said, wait, we don't, we, we, we don't like that he want to have church four times a week. You know what? We want you out of here, right? And so what we think is that we think that this United States kingdom of democracy is how the kingdom of God works, which is why he says, seek ye first the kingdom because I got a way that I do stuff. I got a way. Say, God has a way that he does stuff. Well, let's think about it in a way that will make sense to you. Let's say I come over to your house today. You invite me over for dinner. And I decide I don't like the way your furniture in your living room is set up. And I'm going to move it around and make it more conducive to what I like. How's that going to work with you? You just go let me come in and just start. You know, I, I think your love seat would be better over here. It would be more comfortable for me over here, right? So walk me through how we think that we can come into God's kingdom and tell God kingdom how we go move and start moving furniture around. We go move faith around. We go move love around. We're going to decide who we're going to forgive. We just go move the furniture around to make it conducive for us. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. For the believer, its righteousness is Christ. You cannot earn righteousness. Tell your neighbor. We, you can't earn righteousness. Righteousness is received by accepting Jesus as your personal savior. So I think it's something that's really important to understand. Oh, let me finish that. It says, and all these things will be added unto you. Tell your neighbor, say, God knows you need things. If you seek his kingdom, the things will chase you down. 
I want to say this to you. You're probably not going to like it. But if you're still chasing things, you may be saved, but you out of kingdom order. In the kingdom, nobody chases things. In the kingdom, things chase us. Well, amen, saints. All right, let's keep going. So, all right. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto us. We live in a, you know, the world is a lot different than when I was growing up. So people don't do things like typically go to Sunday school or go to Bible study or go to BTU or go to whatever the Kojic or the Methodist thing was. They gave people Bible training. So what happens is, is that people get saved now, right? And they just come into the kingdom all willy-nilly like, hey, this is how we roll over here. And then they get frustrated because there are things that don't manifest in their life because you didn't know that there was a kingdom way. And so we want to clear up some of that. So let's go to James 1. James 1, I believe, is verse 5. Yep. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, do what? Ask who? So if you lack wisdom... Ask God and he'll give it to you. So God has a kingdom. That kingdom has a way that it operates. It says if you want to know how the kingdom operates, who should you ask? One of the best ways that you ask God is to read the Bible. I mean, it's not um, not an old-fashioned thing to say saints read your Bible. I mean, that's not old-fashioned to read your Bible. You, You don't even know how to live in the kingdom if you don't read your Bible. And then it says, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians. So we're going to ask God for wisdom. God, we don't know how this kingdom works. We're new in this kingdom, and so we need you to teach us. Or maybe we're old in this kingdom, and we've just never been taught. So we just kind of been in here doing our own things. And there is nothing worse than seeing people in the kingdom, and they don't mature. There's nothing worse than seeing. My grandmother used to say, um, age doesn't make you wiser. It's a lot of old fools. Well, it's a lot of old people in the kingdom who operate just like they still. Like if you mean still, like, like it always blows me away that some of the deepest people with some of the most prophetic words, they can tell you your address, but they can't hear God say be nice. It, it's fascinating to me. It's like you can pick up on everything that everybody ought to be doing, but you didn't hear God say speak to them people. Hmm, go figure. So it says, but as it written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which the Lord hath prepared for them that love him. I mean, how many God lovers do we have in here? There are some things God has prepared for you. Say, there are some things prepared just for me. Go to the next verse. It says, but God reveals them to us how? By how? By his spirit. That is why I don't care what denomination you grew up in that told you it did not matter if you have the Holy Spirit. The Bible just told you there are some things that are prepared for you that you can only even know about with the Holy Spirit. Everybody needs to accept Jesus and then you need to ask for the Holy Spirit to partner with you. You need to be able to hear him. People say, do you need the Holy Spirit? I saw this meme on on Instagram. It says, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to to heaven? Man, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Forget heaven. Heaven going to take care of itself. You can't control when you get to heaven anyway. But you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. You need the Holy Spirit to know which job to take. You need the Holy Spirit to know which person to date so you don't keep getting your heart broken and keep having to get healing over and over again. You need the Holy Spirit to tell you to get out that store spending money that you don't have. 
Because the devil ain't stealing your money. Target is. You put all that stuff in your basket. Not the devil. The devil and his demons did not throw all that stuff in your basket. You did. Because on sale still don't mean you can pay for it. Hello? Amen. All right. Because, you know, we'd be like, oh, but it was on sale. It's 20% off. But you didn't have it with 20% off. You need the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom that says, pay your rent before you go on vacation. I know it's hot girl summer. And I know everybody trying to be where either be a hot girl or be where the hot girls are. But could you pay your bills first? Okay. But God revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit does what? It searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Next verse. For what man know the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him, even so the things of God no man knows but the spirit of God. Next. Now we have received not the spirit of this world. So it says if you're a believer, you have not received the spirit of this world. But just because you haven't believed, received the, the spirit of this world doesn't mean you don't still operate like you in the world. Because your environment's always working on you. So if you're always looking at how the world does things, you will inevitably do things the way that the world does things and then wonder why you're not getting kingdom results. Okay, everybody knows this. Growing up, anybody ever say to their parents, can I go to so-and-so? And your parents say, no, you can't go. And then you said something like, but so-and-so can go. And then your parents said something that's in the parent manual that says, we don't care who went. You can't go. And if so-and-so jump off a bridge, are you go jump too? What they were saying is that this family has a kingdom order. We don't care what other people's families is doing. We don't care what their curfews are. We don't care how light they can stay out. We don't care what they can watch. We don't care what they can do. This kingdom has a standard. The kingdom of God has a standard. He doesn't care what people say is right if he said it's wrong. He doesn't care if you feel like doing it, if he told you to do it. This kingdom right here has a standard. Just, you can hug yourself. It's okay. So we might know the things that are freely given to us. Next verse which we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. So let me give you an example right here. So this will be a tough one, but let's do it. So we look at the world and we go, there's so much poverty and rich people should do something about the poverty. But the kingdom of God says, I've given every man an ability to eradicate their own poverty. It's called seed time and harvest. When we see broke people, when we're the broke people, we're struggling. Like I see it all the time. People be like, those rich people ought to pay off our so-and-so. Those rich people ought to do such and such for us. I'm sure other people have said it. Maybe you ain't said it for general rich people, but you've counted somebody else's money and talked about what they could do for you. But the Bible says that if you give, it shall be given unto you. You say, I don't have anything to give. But I am reminded that Jesus watched the people give. 
and there was a woman who didn't have but two mites, and he didn't say to her, because you're poor, don't bring your two mites. He said, bring your two mites because your two mites isn't enough out there in the world, so bring them to a place that I can put my super on top of your natural and cause you to increase. So God has given us a way to increase, but then we say, well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to your carnal mind, but God is not obligated to, um, to reconcile your carnal mind. In fact, what I have found out is that God will offend your mind to change your life. God isn't obligated to make it palatable for us. You know, it's, it's why, I'm going to say it, I hate seeker-friendly church. I hate it. Let's make church so comfortable for everybody that it's uncomfortable for the Holy Spirit. So let's p let people come the way that they come, stay the way that they come, and make them feel like they had a good time. Let's give them a 30-minute service because we don't want them to have to focus too long. Let's, let, let's give them every single thing they need, and let's never say to them, if you want to be prosperous in the kingdom of God, sis, bro, you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to do some things that you don't want to do. Anybody who's walked this thing, you've had to forgive some people you didn't want to forgive. You've had, some, you've had to forgive some people who didn't ask you. You have had to give sometimes you didn't really want to give. Maybe you don't mind giving to church, but somebody borrowed some money from you and they didn't pay you back, and then they came back and the Lord said, don't let them borrow it this time, just give it to them. The devil is a lie. Can that be God? Can that be God? And so this idea that we don't tell people that we need to grow up, then what we end up with is a bunch of babies. And in the midst of adversity, you can't stand. See, when you a baby in Christ, we ought to have to pray you through. But at some point, you ought to be able to pray through. All right. Let's, let's keep going to this next verse. Tell your neighbor, say, grow up. But the natural things, they're not received by the, not, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for it is foolishness unto them. One of the ways that you can check whether you're carnal or not is when people start telling you, showing you in the world what God says if it seems foolish to you. If what God says seems foolish to you, you're carnal-minded. I'm not telling you you're not saved. I'm not telling you you're not going to heaven. I'm telling you you don't think like God. Can you go to Isaiah 55, Caleb? I know that I didn't tell you that. I think it's verse 9, verse 10. Say, grow up. Say, I'm growing up. You know, I realize now that's when growing up, if you grew up like I grew up, that's why growing up in church, your mama didn't ask you if you wanted to do nothing. Because she was trying to train you for something. They need youth choir. You in the choir? You, you a youth? You in the choir? We need the young people to get an Easter speech. You ain't talk about, um, I, I don't want to speak. Oh, no, you go speak and you go know that speech. And, and I'm not trying to be funny, but this is the reason that some of your kids can't talk to adults. This is the reason that some of your kids don't know the difference. They don't know how to code switch. They don't know when to speak Ebonics and when to speak King's English. They don't know that you don't greet everybody. Hey, what's up? Yo, what's going on? Because you ain't never forced them. And some of you are the people that you can't do nothing now because you only got to do what you wanted to do. You start sports, you quit sports. You don't want to Easter speech, you don't say nothing. You don't want to go to church, you don't say nothing. And so you miss all of the discipline that would cause you 
to be successful in the kingdom of God. So um, it's a little girl that goes to our church, and I tease her almost every week because almost every week she get caught talking. Now, she got a mama who don't play that. Some of y'all let y'all kids turn flip on these chairs. Her mama don't play that, okay? I said to her last week, I said, how long your mama been your mama? She like, all my life. Every Sunday you go get busted out. On Sunday, you ought to put a little sign say, if you go talk, don't sit here because my mama don't play that. See, some of you learn, learn how to act in church even if your mama wasn't. Who, who knew how to act in church even if your mama wasn't sitting by you? Because what you didn't want was for your mama to come out that choir sting. What you didn't want is for her to stand up. That other people think she's standing up because the preacher preaches so good, but you know because you just got hot and your stomach started hurting. That means if I stand up again, I don't, 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 make, don't make me miss this word playing with you. You didn't have no iPads, no telephones, but baby, you knew how to draw all over a program, baby. You knew it. You wrote your name. You wrote John and Cat and Dog. Why? Because now that may not seem like much to you, but it taught you to do things that you didn't want to do. It taught you how to sit. It taught you how to be quiet. It taught you how to obey. We grew up in communities where whatever adult told you to do something. Who grew up in a neighborhood that no matter who or what adult told you to do something, you best be caught trying to do it? Now, some of you won't let nobody say nothing to your kids. You're offended if someone says something to your kids. And then you say it takes a village. The village can't talk to your kids. Your kids are so special. Nobody else has ever had a son. Nobody else has ever had a daughter. Your kid is so special that no one can address them, which is why they don't learn discipline. Oh, amen. Um, go to verse, let's try 9, 10. Let's see what's there. It says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my. Higher than what? And so are my. Higher than what? Every parent understands this. You are trying to talk to your kid about something, and they level is way down here, right? And you are trying to talk to them way. And some of you are getting old enough to understand that some of that stuff your parents told you that you thought they didn't understand because they didn't grow up in the 2000s, they knew exactly what they was talking about. So God says, listen here, my ways, they're higher than yours. I'm not coming down to you. I'm elevating you up to me. My thoughts are not higher, are higher than your thoughts. You think lower than I think. I'm elevating your thoughts. That's why Romans 12 and 2 says you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to decide you're not going to be angry anymore. No angel's going to come down and snatch anger off of you. Why? Because when Jesus got up, he gave you the power not to be angry anymore. Now you have to activate the grace that has been given to you and begin to manage yourself. All right, so this is the part I want to talk about. Let's go to Isaiah 119. This is super important because the kingdom has a way. Tell you, they say the kingdom has a way. So this is super important. It says what? Everybody read again. One, two, three. Ready, read. 
What I want to introduce to you is something that I think is a missing concept in the kingdom of God. The difference between an unconditional promise and a conditional promise. I want to introduce the difference to you between an unconditional promise that doesn't require anything on your part and a conditional promise that is not activated until you participate. Because I think in the kingdom we got these things twisted up and when you read all of the promises of God are yes and amen, you think that that means you don't have to participate. But there are some promises that are not activated until you get engaged. Anybody remember one twins? They didn't turn in the form of nothing until they activated. There are some, it was in them in seed form, but they had to activate. Everything that God has for you is already in you in seed form. But if you don't activate it with your obedience, it will not manifest in your life. So let's start with two con- unconditional promises. And then we're going to talk about conditional promises. When Adam and Eve sin and God comes to see them, he says, I am going to raise up a son, and he is going to bruise the enemy's head. He's going to crush him. He doesn't say if they live right. He doesn't say if they do things right. He doesn't say if they serve him. He says, this promise is all on me. It is the reason that the manifestation of this promise was God coming in the flesh and becoming a man. Basically, God made a promise that could only be carried out by God being God. Another promise, rainbow. He said, I will never destroy the earth with a flood again. This rainbow is a reminder to both of us. You go do some other stuff. I'm going to think, I should probably toss this thing and start over again. But the rainbow's going to come and I'm going to remind myself. And when you see the rainbow, every time you see the rainbow, people say, they go, Oh, that's the promise that God is never going to restore, going to destroy the earth with a flood again. And so that's an unconditional promise. Say it doesn't require anything on our part. Now, salvation is a conditional promise. He says, if you believe in your heart, that's part one, and confess with your mouth and as a conjunction it ties two things together so it doesn't just say you can believe in your heart it doesn't just say you can confess with your mouth it says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the son of God who was raised from the dead for your sin you shall be saved if then conditional that's why he said I would that I'll be saved it's my desire that I'll be saved but it ain't like the flood The flood is all about me. The rainbow is all about me. Salvation requires both of us. You got to activate. I have extended an offer to you, and you have to agree to it. Everybody understands conditional promises. I will give you this engagement ring if you agree to marry me. This ain't just a gift. You have to activate it with your yes. No, you've never seen anybody get down and propose, even when you've seen people say no. You never saw the dude say, well, just keep the ring. It was a gift. <laughs> he like, no, run me that ring back. We're not getting married. No ringy. If 
you are willing and obedient. What? So if you're not eating the good of the land, what are the first two things you should check? Some of you real good at obedience. You just ain't so great at willing. You do it. But we all know you did it every time you did it. I had to sow. I had to fast. I had to forgive. I had to. I mean, we know you did it every single time. And some of you real willing. You just don't have no discipline to follow through. I'm going to be on prayer every week this month, Pastor. I promise. Pastor, I'm a tithe. And can you tell me this? I want you to know this. I don't know who tied. Please don't tell me you go tie. First of all, I don't know whether you tithe or not because whatever amount you give, I didn't see your W-2. I don't know whether it's true or not. Don't come and tell me, Pastor, I promise I'm a tithe. This is my tithing season. It should be a tithing lifestyle. Well, you don't get to judge me. I, I don't, technically, I do. I get to inspect your fruit. I know, I know. Tupac said only God could judge me, not the Bible. Tupac said it. I know people got tattoos, only God can judge. That's not, that, Tupac, not the Bible. The Bible says I can inspect your fruit. The Bible says that I can look at you and I can say, listen, this is so funny because nobody wants to be judged, but people love to judge, judge pastors. Let me give you a great example. People love to judge. Nobody wants to be judged, but everybody judges a pastor. People love, there's a thing that people are doing right now. They love it. Some people in our church have it. Yes, I'm talking to you, so we're clear. It's a shirt that says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Everybody thinks that's real dope. Till pastors cuss. Till pastors cuss. Now, when the pastors cuss, Right, your pearls all club, but 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 if we if, if we dropping f bombs and we all saved by the blood, no no you 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 a representative of the kingdom too. There are some people your coworkers may not meet your pastor, but what about your job to be a witness? Oh no no, but I'm keeping it real because I'm gonna tell these people how it is because I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. You love Jesus, but you undisciplined. You love Jesus, but you don't have no self-control. You love Jesus, but you don't care about crucifying yourself. Because the problem in America is that everybody wants a Savior, but nobody wants a Lord. Save me, Jesus. Come through, Jesus. Didn't I tell you not to date that joker? You only need saving because you didn't submit to lordship. No, sometimes the reason you keep needing saving is because you reject lordship. Lordship is designed to keep you protected. The job of a lord in a kingdom is to watch over the people and to cover them. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So if he say no, it must not be good for me. But I got to have it. I got to have them. I got to have that job. I got to have that car that I can't afford right now. I got to get that house that I can't afford right now because God forbid that you don't think I'm blessed because I don't get it right now so I can't perpetrate the fraud of this is my best year yet, my best season yet. Hallelujah. 
ain't gonna fix my marriage. I'm just gonna learn how to put cute filters on my pictures. I'm gonna live a filtered life. Because God forbid somebody have access to talk to me about my character. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. It is a conditional promise. Contracts require... God covenants require God to make a promise to God. A covenant is God making a promise to himself. So the meeting of the minds is between God and himself. Um, who got a hard copy of their Bible? King James. I know everybody can. Kenosha, can I see your Bible? I want to go to Hebrews um, 6. Thank you. Shout, I'm willing and obedient. I'm willing and obedient. And if you couldn't even shout it, you ain't. No, no. Uh, no, because I'm trying to help us. When somebody says in church, lift your hands, and you can't lift your hands, I don't mean because you're hurting. I mean because you just don't feel like lifting your hands. I know you don't obey God the rest of the week. I know you don't. If you can't lift your, I'm, they just a man. Don't nobody tell me what to do. That's your problem. No lordship. You don't submit to nobody. It's quiet up in this sanctified church today. See, you got to learn how to study your Bible. Let's go to Hebrews 6, verse 10. Let's start that. Verse 10. It says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, wherewith you show toward him in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. That's enough to quit acting a fool out in public. That's enough to quit acting up at work. You got 37 scriptures on your desk but a bad attitude. You late to work. You take extra long breaks. You do everything you can to keep from working. But he says that you are a witness unto me. So when you choose to exercise restraint, I am not unrighteous to forget the labor of love where you restrained yourself because you love me. I said last week, I said, people act like that pastors just always want to do the right thing. We don't. We don't. People act like pastors don't get tired of people. We do. <laughs> do you have any idea how irritating it is to preach a four-week ser series that you didn't listen to because you was hot girl somewhere and now you want to inbox me and wear me out all day because you don't know how you go pay your bills? But I help you. Labor of love. Some of you have never learned about a labor of love. It's why you can't turn your plate back. It's why you don't pray. It's why you don't read your Bible. It's why you don't have no discipline. 
It's why you don't have no self-control. It's why you won't forgive. I'm always blown away by people who have accepted the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ but can't forgive nobody else. I mean, literally, you only saved because he took your sins and forgave you, but you're not going to forgive them. Oh, okay. Well, work through that then. Okay, keep going. Verse 11. That ain't what I'm trying to get to. And we desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the fullness. This is just an easy way to say, we desire that all of us grow up. We desire to have a church that everybody know how to pray. We desire to have a church where everybody find a place to serve. We desire to find a church where everybody don't need two Sundays off. I'm not talking about when you're traveling. I mean, but can you just be faithful in church attendance? I mean, you don't read your Bible. When else you go hear the word? First of all, let me say this. If you're a first-time visitor, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to my people today. I'm not talking to you. I'm actually a super nice person, but I'm also a really direct person. And you can't be in the army of the Lord when you don't know how to use your weapon. And the word is the weapon. The Bible says don't despise chastening. Correction is how we grow up. The problem is is that we want to live in this world where everybody is always rubbing us on the back. Rah, rah, you're so amazing. And you are amazing. You are because you're created in the image of God. Don't mean you don't need to grow up. And all elite athletes learn to take correction even though they're dope. I don't care how gifted you are. If can't nobody tell you nothing, you'll never maximize your potential. And some of the best athletes in the world never made it to the next level because could nobody tell them nothing. Some of the most gifted academic people did not make it to the next level because they would not bow their knee and go to tutoring. Keep going. Say, everybody, grow up. In fact, when you tag this on, when you check in on at, at Fellowship of Champions today, I want your hashtag to be grow up. That you, what, what, what the Bible say? <laughs> what it say? No, no, somebody, somebody look up slothful. Tell me what slothful is. Now, I want you to look it up. I know you know, but I want, I want to know the adjectives of slothful. Right. Oh, that's good. You got a mic back there. Can you say that loud enough? I want that to go on the recording so people can hear it. Can, I want you to hear that. Reluctant to work or effort. That mic shorted out. I need you to say it without the short. Some of y'all say the devil shorted it out because he don't want you to know. It's just a short in the mic. Reluctant to work or make effort. Lazy, idle, and indolent. That you, me, be not reluctant to work, be not idle, be not lazy, but be what? Followers of those who have received the promises. Through what? Faith. They believe God enough to do it. Patience. Consistency. 
Patience is consistency. It's not tolerating. It's consistency. He said, let your faith make you consistent. Your faith ought to make you consistent. Whatever you got faith in ought to produce some consistency in you. If you really believe in God for your marriage, you ought to be able to do more than read one quote and follow one group about marriage. Your faith in what God said ought to produce some consistency on you. It ought to build a steel rod in your back that is unmovable. You refuse to move. Don't be lazy. Don't be slothful. Don't be reluctant to work. Everybody want to be a millionaire. Don't nobody want to work for it. They come out with lists all the time. They say, here's what the most successful people do in the world. Every day. Men, women, no matter what country, here are the traits of the most successful people. Success leaves clues. But you don't do it. But every time somebody say, money coming to me, you pulling a lever. The most exercise you get is you pulling your arm down. That you be not slothful. Just say, call your own name. Say, grow up. That you grow up. So I talk about this. I didn't know he was going to be here today, but I talk about this. I talked about this in a live, and I talked about how the challenge is, is that most people don't bow their knee to anybody. Most people do what they want to do. That is why it is easy. If I say right now, if I say, I believe God, it's some people, they go double their salary this time next year. Come up here. If that's you, hit my hand. Man, y'all will knock me down if I don't stand right. But if I say, it's some people up here and God wants you to double your salary, but you're going to have to get some of that slack out of you. You're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to get some leadership skills. You're going to have to learn how to handle conflict better. People are like, I'll just share a quote on Facebook. <laughs> this too much is too much. Grow up. Grow up. And so what I say all the time, I'm going to use this example again because I think fitness is the clearest example to see it. Every time I post Serena, people like, ooh, I'm going to get me a body like that. No, you ain't. You lying. Not unless you buy it. And I don't even judge you if you buy it. But I'm just saying, listen, you can get abs injected. They can suck the fat out, put it in your booty, whatever. But it still ain't going to be your body because it ain't going to have no strength. You're going to look strong, but you ain't going to be strong. Listen, Jimmy triggered. See what happened when people get that stuff? But what I'm saying to you is that people see, the Bible says, don't be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience have inherited the promise. So there's some faith and patience in the kingdom. So in the kingdom, we believe in giving. Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You mad because you don't have no harvest, you didn't plant no seed. Now, don't nobody want to tell you that because they don't want to hurt your feelings. You had money to go to Outback, but not money to give. So Outback was your harvest. That steak and that bread and that sweet potato, I hope it was good. That's your harvest. The problem is we've lived in this generation that's a participation generation. When I grew up, you ain't get no ribbons if you did nothing, if you ain't do nothing. No trophies, a participation trophy. Get a parents a participation trophy. They the one drove you there. You ain't even do nothing. 
I remember one time my girls, they was playing soccer. And you're not supposed to keep the score because you don't want to discourage the kids. And so, I mean, they got beat 14 to 1, and they scored one of the goals running in the other direction. And when the girls got in the car, they was like, well, we did so good. I said, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. My coach said we did, we did so good. Your coach lied, and, and I know it's because she don't want to hurt your feelings, but you got beat 14 to 1, and one of y'all scored a goal for the other team, okay? And one of you was turning flips. While your, while your person was going past you scoring, you didn't do a good job. They both just started crying. You so mean. You're such a dream killer. No, I'm a dream builder. And if you don't learn how to play, this is the most soccer you go ever see. So while you crying, all I want to know is do you care enough to go home and practice? Or are you just sad because I told you that you lost? They sat there and they got themselves in. They said, we just don't like it because you told us that we lost. Now, the truth of it is, is that most of you, when you get corrected, you only crying because you got called out, not because you want to be better. You only crying because you got called out. You only in your feelings because you got called out. You're not in your feelings because you really want to change because you said I'm really better in this because God has called me to be a better person in this and I have more destiny on the inside of me. Are some of you not tired of having a prophetic word every year that don't manifest? Are you not? I mean, since 2007, it was going to be heaven. It was hell. 2008, it was going to be great. It wasn't. 2009, it was going to be divine. That didn't happen. 2010, you was going to win, but you lost. 11 went back to heaven. You were still in hell. 12 didn't have no rhyming word with it, so we said it's going to be your best year yet. 13 either, so it was going to get greater later. Are you not tired of running about words that never manifest? God is not a man that he should lie. If you ain't seeing it, it ain't on God. But did you do your part, though? And just look at your neighbor and smile. But did you do your part, though? Because now I'm, I'm talking about submission. Everybody loved Jesus, the Savior. I'm talking about Jesus, Lord. And everybody got feedback about somebody else's journey. So I'm going to walk you through this, and then, and then I'm going to walk you through this, and then I'm going to give you one more scripture, and then we're going to be done because I want you to just let it sink in. I hope right now on the inside you all cut up on the inside. you just like, I, if you heard yourself say, I can't stand her, you're on the right path. Keep sticking with me. If you said, I can't stand her tail. If you said, I ain't never coming back to this church again, you on the right path. That's your carnality speaking because your spirit man saying, go, Sean, go, Sean, let's get this together. So I talked about this on a Facebook Live, and I was talking about submission, how nobody really is submitted to anybody. Everybody, I mean, it's easy to obey when somebody asks you to do what you want to do. It's like, I was going to do that anyway. Oh, God wanted me to go to the mall? I was going to the mall anyway. Yes! Confirmation. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. The Lord told me to do that. I met a man. The Lord said this was the year I was going to get married. I mean, he don't work. He play video games. He's 47, still trying to be a rapper. But you know what? Uh, 
I don't believe in marriage, but the Bible do. No, I don't believe in marriage, but the Bible do. It ain't fornicating if you love them. That ain't what the Bible say. The Bible is right. And if you don't agree, you're wrong. I know it's so politically correct. Let's not tell anybody that they're wrong. Hear me, I'm not talking about not loving people. I'm not talking about telling, kicking people out of the church. I'm saying to them, grow up. Grow up. So when I first started working out with Jimmy, we had this conversation. And um, one of the conversations we had was about me needing to trust. That, I want you to follow this. Me needing to trust that if I heard God tell me to work out with Jimmy, that Jimmy was hearing God about what I needed to do. If you say you hear God, that God told you to work out. See, some of you are in situations where you picked the pastor because they was popular. And that's why you can't bow when they tell you to do something that you don't want to do. He says, so before we get started, I need to know that you believe that God sent you to me. And that you trust that I hear God about you. And that you trust that I can see things about you that you can't see about yourself yet. So, several years ago, this story is important. It's going to take you somewhere. Several years ago, we went to the beach. When we went to the beach, something happened. Tweaked my knee, said them say lactic acid, quad, whatever. I had trouble walking. I had to go to a physical therapist for several weeks. Finally said, who trains track, says to Pastor Elwin, he says, you're going to have to work that out of the back of her leg. He says to me, he says, Mom, it's going to hurt. He says to, to Elwin, he says, Dad, you got to do it through it to hurt. So we do it. It really hurts. Like, really, really hurt. Like, I thought it was like as bad as labor. I was like, this is horrible. I never want to do this again. So fast forward a couple years later, me and Jimmy working out. And Jimmy likes to touch the people that he works out with, which is problematic for me because I don't really like people touching on me, okay? So... He's like, lay down on the floor. I'm like, I have surely missed God. I need to go back to Planet Fitness right now. So he's taking my leg. I said, and Jimmy, will one of y'all demonstrate on the other one because I want them to see this. Up here. Okay, so he says, I need you to lay down on the floor, huh? Where you pushed in my, the back of my leg. You know which one. <laughs> Can somebody move this? You see, I'm still trying to get healed from it. No. <laughs> move this, because I want you to see this. The first thing that had to happen for my healing is I had to be willing to bow. Because in this moment, it don't matter that I'm his pastor. What matters is that in this moment, he's the expert, I'm not. And some of you, you're so used to being the expert in one area, you won't bow in another area, so you're always limited to your expertise. You may be a great accountant, that don't mean you're a great wife. <laughs> 
You may be a great teacher, that don't mean you're a great mother. You may be great at your job, that don't mean you're a great father. You need to bow to someone who has some mastery. Just because you can cook good doesn't mean you can clean good. You need to bow to people who have some mastery. So he begins to bend. Is he just like me? <laughs> right. Now, 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 I, I, I don't want you to miss this. As he's touching this spot, this spot is producing pain. Now, this boy work out all the time. You see this? This what happened. He work out all the time. But look, look what's happening. This is what was happening to me as he's doing it. And then he says something to me that changed my whole life. He says, stop running from the pain and sink into the pain. Because when you relax, you will get free. Because now, I am not in control of healing myself. Because if I could heal myself, I would have already. If you knew how to fix your marriage, you would have already fixed it. If you knew how to do better on your job, you would have already done it. You clearly need somebody. Watch. I did just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Except wasn't no audience, so Jimmy didn't let me go. Now, you watching him limp. Here's what happened. By the time I got home, the back of my leg was bruised up. I sent him a picture. I said, look what you did to me. He said, think of it as an oil change. You'll be better tomorrow. He was right. My knee has, since I've been working out with him, all the squats, all the lunges, my knee don't hurt like that no more. Some of you got some pain places you won't let nobody touch. You want a pastor that don't touch. You want a pastor that don't cut. And so you come and you sit and you look cute and you make quotes and you look like you got it together and you pretend like it's working. But on the inside, you know it's a place that's not flexible like it ought to be. If you're willing and obedient. This best life, this best life, it's going to belong to the people who are willing and obedient. It's going to belong to the people who can bow their knee. I can't just be a great pastor when I'm telling you you're going to be blessed and you're going to get a new job. But I can't tell you that how you talk to your kids when I walked past you wasn't okay. You can't, it, it, we, we can't have a relationship if the moment I say something harsh to you, you now think I'm judgmental, but you didn't think I was judgmental when I told you that I could see that you were supposed to be a millionaire and touch the whole world. It takes humility to grow up. Some of you are proficient at being grown and rebellious. But the Bible says rebellion is as witchcraft. When you're rebellious, you might as well be practicing witchcraft. 
Let me clarify this because I just want you to be clear. Neither I nor Pastor Elwin have any desire to tell people what to do. I got five kids. I have no interest in telling grown people what to do. But let me tell you what I do believe. Years ago when our marriage was in a really bad state, we submitted to somebody. And we made an agreement that if we couldn't resolve it and we called them, we did whatever they told us to do. Because if we had sense enough to resolve it, we wouldn't have had to call them. Some of you pick up the phone to tell on other people, but not yourself. Humility is the ability to say, we are body. And God gave apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists for the perfecting of the saints. Can you be saved all by yourself? You can, but you shouldn't want to be. Because we a body. We're a team. The other thing that Jimmy taught me was, because after he did the tough knee, he said something interesting. He said, now I got to do your other knee. And I said, cool. Ain't no way. It's going to hurt as bad as that knee. He said, it's going to hurt worse because it's been carrying the weight and compensating. Some of you have some areas that you've let people work out, but the part of you that you think is so strong, that's the part you won't let anybody touch. I'm just going to tell you this, and I say this to my church family, to the people who call us their spiritual parents, to the people who call us their parents, who call us their pastors. It grieves my heart to travel all over this country and help people get free, and you disregard the freedom that we are pouring into your lives because you're so casual with us. You're so cool with us that you don't even understand that God loves you so much that he would give us a word for you. When the woman with the issue of blood needed healing, Jesus stopped the whole processional It'll be one thing that one of us will say in church. It'll be one song that was sang that was for your freedom. But you'll let somebody pay for a class and pay for coaching and receive and transform, and you get it free, and you won't take it. I said to somebody the other day, man, I'm not interested in having no fans. I don't care nothing about having no fans. I'm looking for an army of people who can run and win. I want us all to win. I want your marriage to be good and your marriage to be good and your kids to be blessed and you to work a job that you love. I want all of us to be healthy. I want all of us to have more than enough money. But if you just sit back and either act like you don't need it, because if you don't need it, why God send you here? And so I was going to say a lot more, but I'm really done now. Here's what I'm going to give you the opportunity to do. And usually I'm like, close your eyes. Uh-uh. If you're like, I don't, I may not even know exactly. Thank you, Chris. I may not even know exactly what God wants to deal with in me. But I know that this word is for me. 
without looking around or thinking, I'm going to stand on my feet and come to this altar as an act of my own humility. Because he's not going to drag me out of my seat and make me come. Just make a line across there. I get it. Some of you have been hurt. Jesus heals hurt. Some of you have been disappointed. Jesus heals disappointment. See, this is the place where you say, I'm tired of my own stubbornness. I'm tired of standing in my own way. And I'm going to come and stand behind you because I don't want anybody to think that I'm asking you to do it with me. I'm going to come and stand behind you. And as an act of your own surrender, just bow your knee. And you begin to talk to the Lord. And you can cry, but you ain't got to. Sometimes it's just a simple decision. And if it's hard for you to bow your knee, you can sit on the front bench, fine. Just an act that says, here I am, and I'm done fighting. You're trying to help me. You send all kind of people, all kind of signs. I'm done fighting. I thank you for being my Savior, but today... I'm placing you in your rightful place as Lord. I thank you for how merciful you've been to me, even when I didn't do everything that I was supposed to do. I thank you for how kind and gracious you've been to me. I thank you for the favor that you have given to me. But I'm here to say to you, I am ready to grow up today, God. I'm ready to grow up. I'm getting rid of slothfulness. I'm get, I, I ain't holding on to pride no more. I'm not going to... I bowed my knee so that pride wouldn't make me fall. I bowed my knee so pride cannot make me fall. I'm bowing my knee because I am saying to pride, you will not make me fall. I hear this by the Holy Ghost. Some of you felt like that you couldn't ask for help because of how people treated you when you asked for help before. That ain't this. So I'm bowing my knee so pride won't make me fall. I'm tired of faking. I'm tired of fronting. I'm tired of having one area of my life look good and another area of my life be raggedy. I want some consistency all the way around, and I am ready for some John 15, grow me up. And I know that anything you cut off of me, you do it because you love me. I'm ready to know the real me. I'm ready to know who you really created me to be. I'm, I'm ready to get rid of double lives. I'm not going to be double-minded anymore. Now we pray this part. Every, part. every part of me that doesn't know the depths of your love. Every part of me that's been caught up in religion or somebody else's story. Every part of me that doesn't know that you always deal with me from love. I invite your love to flood me. Because I don't have to pretend with you. Because you already know. And I don't have to pretend with the people you've given me for my life. And so today is a day of new beginning for me. It's a new beginning. I want to tell you this because I think I, I really want you to hear this. Even if people aren't prophetic, when God connects people together, 
God will wake you up to tell you about stuff about people that you shepherd over. It don't just be me and Pastor Elwin. It be Pastor Chris too. Like literally, it'll be like, I just got this thing. So-and-so keeps coming up in my heart. I don't know what's going on with them. I pray. Sometimes you pray. Sometimes the Lord tells you. Sometimes the Lord tells you to investigate. Sometimes the Lord tells you to keep praying because they're not going to let you in right now. But I'm telling you, just because you think that we don't know because we didn't say nothing, God loves you too much to leave you in a place where you are about to sink yourself and nobody know. He's never just going to let you sink. Some of you, if you, as you heal, because I want you to stand up because I want you to be able to hear this. Stand up as a, you're, this is my new beginning, new beginning, new beginning. Stand up. Go back to your seat. I want to tell you one more thing. I want to tell you one more thing. Give the Lord some praise. Just take a seat. We almost done. In fact, today, you can give your offering online. You can bring it when you're done. We're not going to even take a time for the offering. But I want to tell you this, guys. Some of you struggle with leadership because you got parental wounds. If you let the Lord heal the wounds, the leadership won't bother you. God wants to heal you. But part of that is surrendering. I'm not your mama. Pastor Edwin's not your daddy. Whatever they did to you, we ain't do it. But God is so good that he will give you people for your life to bring healing to you. And you've got to get to this point that when someone is trying to correct you, it's one of the things I love about said. Said be like, he'll just call me out the blue. Is it anything in my life that you think I need to fix? He like, because I ain't trying to look crazy. If it's something in my, he like, just say it, mom. Just don't fix it up. Just say it, because I already know you love me. If you settle that God loves you and he only calls you to places where people love you, then when people give you correction, when Chris is talking to you on the praise team, it ain't because you can't sing, it's because she's trying to help you be the best you can be. When Andre is talking to you about how to serve, it's not because he doesn't love you, it's because he wants you to be the best that you can be. And then some of you could raise your children better because you won't really correct them because you felt your correction was too strong. And just because your correction was too strong don't mean it shouldn't be correction. So, we love you. If you think Fellowship of Champions should be your church home, you can see Chris, Tamara, or Kathleen after service. If you're a partner of this house, I'm asking you to grow up. And I'm not asking you to grow up because have you not figured out like whether you do your part or not, God make everything come through for this ministry. I'm asking you to grow up for yourself. I don't want to see you go around the mountain again. I don't want to see you move to a new city and have the same problems you had in this city. Because everywhere you go, boo, there you are. We want to see you win. More than anything in life, we want to see you have what God has for you. But you got to grow up. 